Welcome everyone to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your host, Sean Lewis. Welcome back for the second episode in the series of Street Legacy SoCal Style Masters. It's the series that's recorded at the California Center for the Arts in Escondido. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode, you might want to pause this one and peep out part one. But uh, for now, we have more from the event with an episode that brings sort of a small tribute to the man at the top of tribal streetwear, Bobby Ruiz. Uh, we catch a small bit of him in the wild, but more importantly, we talk to a lot of the people that hold him up, man, his staff, his family, his admirers, you know, decades of work have put him at the top and he's continued to push this culture. So without further ado, let me bring you more from the show. It is Street Legacy SoCal Star Masters on the Hard Luck Show. Do you guys mind if I start recording this conversation a little? Yeah, no, yeah, please go ahead. What were you saying? Oh no, I was, I was telling him that I like this piece right here. How he has all the homies posted, but I was gonna tell him it just stands out to me that they all had the same face, though. But, but still, I still like the way he they came out with pencil. So, so we're the Hard Luck Show, right? Yeah. Podcast, and we're here and we're doing interviews with the various artists. We were brought here, uh, invited by Bobby Tribal, right, to come in and talk to everybody and uh, put it out there on the podcast. So, Mr. Martinez, uh, you have obviously somebody who appreciates your work and he's discussing uh, your pencil drawings right here. What what has been your experience so far as being part of the Tribal SoCal Master Street Legacy exhibit? My experience? Right now, yeah, just off the top of your dome, uh, whatever. Fuck. Not formal. Honestly, it's been intimidating because um, there's a lot of badasses that are here. And uh, I got to meet a, some of my heroes last night because it was the artist reception. Um, I'm, I'm just here. I'm freaking getting nervous right now just talking to you. <laughs> right. So what, what would be some of the heroes or badasses that you are like, wow, I can't believe I'm in a show with these guys? There's a, there's a lot of them, but like the main one is like OG Abel. Uh, oh, Julie. that guy's amazing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. I, I, there's so many, like almost everybody pretty much that's here. Yeah. Maybe you can speak to this because I think a lot of people can identify a little bit with, they know they're talented, they have their spot, they do their thing, but the flip side is... They also maybe are not reluctant or don't want to rush in to say, I'm in the same ranks as OG Abel or whoever else, oh, yeah, right? No, I don't know. What I don't, is that? Why, why, why not? Because here you are. I mean, I'm looking at these amazing uh, pieces of artwork with the, the ducks and the gang lifestyle and some of the street lifestyle, whatever that is part of the culture. And you're clearly here. It's framed and it looks fantastic, as good as anybody else's. So... What is it that still causes you to feel a little bit intimidated or I, I, I think I think it has to do with them them coming before me and them them being an inspiration to me and, and it's because of them in, in a way it's, it's because of them that I was that I that I that I got to this point because had it not been for them 
they would they inspired me somehow somehow in some way something that they did or a piece that they worked on or even just them working constantly working um, it would inspire me and since they were here before it just puts I don't know I just feel like I'm beneath that where did you start out at how did you start uh, I started I started uh, drawing or yeah, well, I mean, what, your art, like, where would you say it begins? How old were you? Oh, uh, well, it goes back to, I'm like the typical kid that drew, I would just lay on my stomach and just draw dinosaurs and cartoon characters and comic book, Spider-Man and all that stuff. And, and then that, that turned into, like, lowrider kind of, lowrider art. I don't yeah. know if you remember lowrider art, the magazine, yeah. uh, lowrider arte. And then that started inspiring me, and I started drawing lowrider cars, and, and then that led to, like, Aztec art. And then from there, I went into more like uh, uh, it just it just kept it just kept changing. It, it, in the end, it became like Rembrandt and Caravaggio, like Renaissance, like that those paintings right there. Right, I was just going to look at that technique. Absolutely, yeah. I was just going to say that that you like you could be in the Louvre and you might see this this type of and what we're talking about now is not the pencil drawings, but we're now talking about the paintings, and it's it's great because. In some ways, the subject matter, like the teddy bears and all that stuff, is atypical for the still life work that you would see from a Rembrandt yeah. or, a, or, or a Hieronymus Bosch or whatever it is, right? And yeah. yet here it is, and it looks fantastic. Thank you. Phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's, it's basically the old with the new. I don't know, that's, that's the only way I could, I could explain when you, it. When you started out where you started, and I think a lot of people could identify with, okay, at some point I'm gonna try to draw comic books, because they're just fucking cool, Yeah. right? That's, that was me. <laughs> and perspective and action and all that stuff. And by the way, did you have a favorite superhero that you like to draw? Like, I, 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 I wasn't loyal to the superhero, I was loyal to the artist. Whatever Todd McFarlane drew, whatever Jim Lee drew, whatever, uh, there's others, uh, Rob Liefeld. There's a bunch of right. yeah, who, whatever they drew, I followed. If the, when they left Marvel, I followed. I, right. So I, I know that it's gonna bum some people out that that love the superheroes, but I didn't care about the super. Whatever they drew, they've just made it look better. They made he made look Spider-Man look better. He made, you know what right. I mean? Right. That, like, that is true. <laughs> well, how would you describe McFarlane's style? Uh, that guy's a badass. I don't know. I. I <laughs> His words, uh, he, he says he made things look sexier. Um, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I, I, I get an idea because he did. He changed, he changed little things like he just distorted things. He, the web, the way he drew the web, the eyes of Spider-Man, Venom's long-ass exaggerated mouth with all yeah, the teeth. Right. Like, it, it, yeah, it was just the way he drew things that just, I don't know, it was just something. I remember I would go to the comic book store as a little kid. And I would I wouldn't even buy anything. I just go there and I just look at everything that that, that he drew or that Rob Liefeld or Jim Lee or all these other guys drew. And I had this feeling in me. I didn't know at the time, but I was being inspired. And I would I remember I would jump on my bike and just head home, like drive, go all the way home, and then I'll just start drawing. I had no idea that what was going on. And I do that now, but with this stuff, like right. with this, like now I go to museums and the same exact thing happens. I, I get inspired and it makes me just want to be better, it makes me want to just go home and paint and draw. And, you know. So when you started to study the so-called classical masters in the Renaissance, what did they do the same or different that in lowrider art and comic book art and some of the street stuff, what did you notice was that you were like, oh my god, 
these people that are supposedly classical painters are actually doing, everyone's doing the same thing. What, yeah. what, what, what were some epiphanies or some insights that you got? The, some similarities between the two or what they were doing different? Both. I mean, you're just your insights because you actually went that journey. So I'm, I'm actually interested to see what some things you saw that were the same or different. Uh, well, when it, when it came to like, uh, when it came to like, I guess classical art, like Rembrandt and all them, um, I I didn't I didn't understand it at the time. I just knew that I, I I liked it, but later on I realized the reason why I loved it so much was because it, they focused a lot on on dimension, on form, on making stuff look a little bit more 3D, yeah. which, which lacked in like comic books. So right. in comic books, everything is flat, right? And which is also cool. Graphic art is sure. great, but it's just another level. It's, both of them are their own. They're their own deal. Like uh, I don't know how to explain it. It was just something else. And the same. I mean, the composition and their similarities. Like right. Both both art forms um, focus on uh, composition and uh, dark and light and all these all these other things that are the same. So, in turning back to your work, so this pencil drawing, like the one that we're looking at now, it looks like different versions of Daffy Duck. I'm going to say that. I don't mean any disrespect, but no. that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. And then it looks like maybe what would be a conventional or at least an idealized conventional scene that someone might see in South Central. Yeah. How would you describe it? Um, to, to, to add to, to what I was saying earlier, too, I'm sorry, I thought of it as you were saying, uh, there's also, I realized with, uh, with a lot of art that I love, there's narrative. Like... Um, it's not just a, a picture of of something. There's also there's also like a story behind it that I that I love, and so that's another difference between the the two, I guess. Um, but going back to your question, right? And, and just so, right, let me break before you answer that. Let me just break right in and just say, as I've been talking with Mr. Martinez, I mean, constant flow of people taking picture of the drawing that he just did because. They just love it. They know we're trying to do something. And they're like, I'm sorry. I got to get in here because I drove all the way from New York just to take this picture. So that's how much he's admired and loved. So now going back to uh, the pencil drawing, what were you going to yeah. say? Uh, so you mentioned that, that it looked like a scene from um, South Central Los Angeles or some, some, somewhere in L.A. Yeah. Uh, which is it, great. For me, it's great. One, uh, well... Because it, it, it's actually not from LA. It's actually a street in my neighborhood, and I'm from Oxnard. So I grew up in an area uh, the called Colonia, and it's a neighborhood. And uh, it's a street. It's on McKinley, um, and it's a house that pretty much, from from what I'm finding out, like on Instagram and just talking to people here today, <laughs> it's, a, it's a house that can be in anybody's neighborhood, pretty much. Um, even on on Instagram, I've had people comment on the post that I posted of it saying that oh that looks like a house in kentucky or something like that like some random state in the, right in, in the u.s so it, it's got a flip-flop on the roof yeah. uh, a chancla on the roof right and it this does have a narrative to it right i mean yeah you your eye can kind of go through that porch and i mean how did you come up with the characters they they look the same in a certain extent but you can see that they're all different so how did you come up with who these characters were and what they were feeling. So, as I as I was as I was coming up with the the design, I did have certain people that I grew up with in mind. So, the, the, 
like I would think of so this one guy that I would hang out with, and I'm like, oh, this is this guy right here. Oh, this is this guy right here. And then I threw myself in there too. I don't know if you see this guy, the one in the middle that's already twisted. He's holding a beer. He yeah, like he's, he's just faded. chilling. Yeah, that's pretty much me right there. You're not the guy that's taking a leak on the fence. No, that, okay. that guy. Yeah, that's a shameless guy. But <laughs> I was probably that guy too. Because <laughs> when you're drunk, what do you? You don't. We've all been that guy. By, uh, um, but uh, it it um it did go it did go through a lot of thought process as I was designing it, and um, there is there is a reason why. I, uh, I I put a little bit like the children passing by. Well, that's interesting because you're right. You put a child passing by. She's got a backpack and she's got a human form. She's not a duck character at all. What was the choice in leaving her as a human? So I I, I left her a human, and I there's a, I don't know if you noticed, but there's yeah. also two little boys right there watching um, watching, and so it it it. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's, I don't know how to sum it up, but it, it has to do with it has to do with uh, an old saying that says, uh, "If you walk like a duck, quack like a duck, you're a duck." Right. And uh, I had a I had a cop tell me that one time a long time ago, uh, as he pulled me over, and I didn't know why. I questioned him why, and he that was his response. And so I, I ran with the duck idea because I realized that I looked a certain way, and that's why he stopped me. And so. The, he stopped me not because I looked like that, but more so because people that looked like me did this kind of stuff. And the kids are there watching the ducks do these things, and they they basically uh, it's like a circle, right? You end up being a product of your environment. So I'm actually I'm this is actually a story of me. I'm actually the little boy, and my 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 brother can be the other one, but I'm also the duck later on in life. Right. So I grew up seeing this, and it became my norm, and then eventually I became the freaking duck. And then there was there now, and now there's kids watching me do this, and I'm not realizing it now, but I'm teaching them something, not intentionally, but they're seeing it, and they're, you know, there's like this little girl is just walking, walking to school. She's just trying to make it to school, or probably go home or whatever she's doing, and she has to pass by that house, and um, it's just I don't know. The, there's a lot going on in this drawing. I, I, it's hard for me to just sum it all up into like a, a quick little. Uh, well, I, I want to say, Mr. Martinez, um, I think that that was all that needed to be said. I think that was eloquent, and I think everybody, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, are going to feel exactly what you're talking about. And I hope that, you know, at least what what we can take away from a lot of the work that you did that you've done here is that. Um, there are children watching us, right? We don't yeah. have to necessarily go down a certain path, yeah. right? And also, we can turn what might be a dark thing into a positive, bright message, right? Yeah, exactly. And and that's I that's pretty much what I'm I'm trying to just make people aware. It also has to do with stereotyping and right. like to, the, to to an extent. To this day, I kind of do it too. I don't mean to, but I feel like we all might do it a little bit. You know, you see somebody and you kind of judge them. You know, it could be with tattoos, like their their face is tattooed, and you think that they're a certain way, but then they end up being cool as fuck. Or, you know, they have a hoodie over their head, and you think they're up to no good, but really they're not. It's just a a kid that just grew up seeing that, and he just thinks it's cool to have the hoodie over his head. He's not doing anything wrong. But he he was. <laughs> But he was right. raised, and he was raised. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. Earbud. <laughs> just give me one second. I just want to introduce it. Yeah, Chuy please. Quintanar. 
Julian, what's up, man? Dude, this is one of the guys no, that's we're just going to break in. Oh, no. so, These guys need to meet. I need here, to make here. this yeah, happen. Yeah, so. I, uh, this is uh, part of uh, Bobby Tribal's artwork. He's, 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 uh, <laughs> damn, it's some early mornings paying off. He's rocking the tank. Uh, <laughs> stop it, stop it. Look at, he's like, stop it, stop, stop it some more. Where's Lud? Uh, he's up at, he's got a cookies event right now, there so, we yeah. Whatever. Hey, we're here. That's right. We're here. I mean, That's right. Come through. We talked to uh, Mr. Martinez. He talked to us all about his beautiful art, and um, we also talked to a couple of other artists that walked us through their process, and we've just been blown away by just not how amazing inside and outside what you've set up, you and Jim Dacian have set up, mm -hmm. but it also shows that you guys have been doing this for decades and you've collected and curated the best and the greatest of the SoCal Masters to I show appreciate that. what's Thank really you. going on. And we yeah. also uh, saw your progeny not too long ago over by Rice or Death yeah. and had an awesome talk with him. Yeah. And so we appreciate what Tribal's done and we appreciate your invitation to come down here. Thank you. So we thank you right very on. much. Thank you. I'm, awesome. I'm glad you guys made it. Right. right. And I understand you're super busy. And right on. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. They, did they set you guys up okay? You guys Perfectly. Are good? Cool. You know did how you it is. Cars? One word from Bob and it's all taken all care of. You know how it is. Yeah, we saw all the cars and we talked cool. to Mr. Bowtie and we, cool. we're making the round. So right we probably are going to... Sorry get... to pull him away. I just no, no, had no. to make this happen. We actually were getting to right. the end. I'm making ass out myself. No, he was telling a phenomenal story about this piece right here. I mean, he was going through his process, what he thought, how he came up with the characters, the, where this house might actually be at, all of those things. It's the posture, the posing, what is there so much in, into that? And that's, that's what I was telling Chewie. There's a story there that I don't know. There's something about Horacio that there's, there, he's got something going on. Yeah, I got a little bit of a past. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's all together. <laughs> that's, that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah, he told us not to mess around. Yeah. He's like, I got a little bit of a past, so keep yeah. yourself clean right now. Yeah. No, a lot of people have been talking about your work. These pieces and the, the piece in the hall. Or where's your other piece? Right here, oh, right? The, yeah, the baño. Yeah. Seen his baño? So I was like, we, we, Chewie and I were just talking about it. That was the older one, too, huh? Yeah, that one's yeah. old, yeah. yeah. I've had it for a while. I think I saw it in the Lowrider uh, Arte or... No, it's not that old. No? No, we saw it at my shop. I have a print. Oh, I, saw it. I have yeah, a print. Right, right, right. Um, to keep recording the conversation, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, well it's easy to do amazing show. stuff with Bobby Tribal around. Look at this. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping to run into you guys. So cool. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Uh, camera dudes. Hey, I want to interview some camera dudes. For sure, man. What do you, who, are you shooting for yourself? You got a documentary going? What's going on? We're shooting a documentary. Um, I think it's for, what's the name of the guys? Um, for Jim and Bobby. Jim and Bobby. Bobby Tribal. Yeah. Oh, so you, so the whole process of this thing coming together. Oh, right. Why can't I talk to you? I mean, he just hired me on. I just know a little bit, you know, just helping out, just friends. You know, right. Stuff. All right. All right. So you don't have the credentials to go deep on this one. No, not me, man. All right. <laughs> Losing this guy. No ego. That's the kind of guy you want on a team. Guy's really to pitch in. Um, so is it going to be a docu-series or is it going to be a documentary that's yet? Like a 20, 25 minute documentary that we're trying to premiere with San Diego Design Week. Awesome. And it's and it's directed by? Hunter. Hunter Scheidt. We're uh, through Bar 77 Productions. Awesome. Is there anything that you want to say uh, about this exhibition and for how long it's going to be going on? Anything interesting that you want to say or that you've seen uh, from behind the scenes? Something interesting. The artists that are in it. 
and for Shepard Ferry and then yes. you have the random guys you've never heard of. Right. It's pretty impressive that you can collaborate all those people, get intertwined as a community and bring it all together in Escondido. What about old Blue Eyes? Are you a fan of his art? Yeah, I'm a fan of all of them, to be completely honest. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, if I if I interview him, I'm gonna say, uh, in your your hunter. I'm hunter, yeah. I'm gonna say hunter. The director's a fan of your graffiti art, old blue eyes. All right. I'll get an autograph. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, musician. You kind of look like him a little bit. What are you related to him? I'm the owner of Tribal Streetwear and son of Bobo Ruiz. Awesome. So my God, my friend, uh, you put on a massive exhibition. What's up? How's it going? Good, we're very excited about it. Um, what are some of the secrets of the exhibition? Damn. Damn, you heard it here first. Wait, the secrets? I mean, any interesting story, backstories, anything? Oh. Something funny happened, you get your shoelace taut and, uh, caught in like a uh, customized hydraulic machine? Shit, uh, dude, I, I think everything went as perfect as it could have happened. Uh, as far as, you know, people like not showing up to deliver art, that happened and you know, but, but that's the art world, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the art world is completely different. People wait until last minute, and that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, we're last minute. Yeah, it went really good. Right. So, what else is going on, man? I mean, I'm I'm great, dude. I'm I showed out uh, with tribal. I'm happy to help the family, of course, and you know, I don't know, man. There's been a lot of work, a lot of stress, but it's like it's dope because it's like hometown. You know, for us, for me and my pops and Bobo, it's our hometown. Finally, going to do something. I've never seen your pops so focused yeah. and so busy. Like he's yeah. directing traffic. He's got a million people that want to yeah. take a picture with him, and he's like, "Bro, I'm working. I don't know yeah. what you think." I'm I'm glad I moved out at the like the right time because <laughs> if I was living at home, I probably would have went crazy with him. Right. Yeah, but, but it's in a massive show, right? Yeah. It's sixty days. It, dude, we got extended to October. October. October yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. And like I've been telling like my family and friends, like we've been wanting to do something local for so long because North County, Escondido, we don't have a lot. So something like this is like, it's amazing for me. I've been living here for 25 years and you know, we've never had something this cool. Yeah. I think this really cements uh, tribal streetwear and your father into being a massive cultural icon and also um, somebody who curates or is able to put together the culture itself. Yeah, yeah. thank you for saying that, man. That means a lot because I, I think there's not a lot of people that's, you know, they're like a one-man thing. They could do streetwear really well or art shows really well, but my dad's super focused and, like, we're joking around, like, about him being stressed out, but, I mean, it paid off, right? Like, I... I I mean, I said he was hardworking and focused. Stressed uh, was your word. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I said hardworking and focused. That, that's, you know, I didn't say stressed out, but uh, yeah. Yeah. but there's some CBD oil, right? There's, we can... a, there's a lot of CBD gummies. A lot of CBD gummies. <laughs> no, so I didn't see, so I talked to your dad earlier today, and he didn't seem necessarily stressed, but he was focused and he was handling stuff. And it was just funny to me because... Normally, he does have time to sit back and, and talk and stuff, but actually, he's got to make sure that the cars are parked right. How many cars? It's like 120. Yeah, I would imagine like over 100 cars, uh, over 100 artists, and then vendors, and yeah, man, it's, 
easily 400 people just in vendors. And every single person that's out there has been personally in connection with Bobby Ruiz. Yeah. And so they have a personal relationship yeah. with him, yet he's putting together and managing, and, right. and along with Jim Dacient. Yeah, dude, I haven't even talked to 30 people this year. So for my dad to talk to all these people blows my mind. And, and I completely understand where like it does get chaotic, but yeah, my dad and Jim, they, they're both geniuses in, in what they do. And for, for them to be able to handle it is incredible. I agree with everything you just said. What's the hot new tip for the youngsters that are listening right now? Yeah. You're setting the stage. You know what? Was, I've had this conversation, I think, three times last night. And it's not something I n normally speak on. But the women in the art scene, the, the ones that showed out to the gallery, brought it. And we were talking about how inspirational that is for the younger women. So I think what I want to see is younger women in art and streetwear like really step up. like. I feel like men and boys get a lot of like shit just handed to them immediately. So when we see stuff like like Carly and like uh, Sebastian Burgerface, like when they do such amazing stuff, it it really does make me proud. So I I'm looking forward to more women in in art and streetwear. Well, you heard it here first: streetwear culture, art, um, uh, more women. And, um, and we could really use their take, their perspective. I agree with that. Thank you, man. That was beautiful. Yeah. No, thank you guys. And I love you guys so much. Yeah, and, we yeah. love you. Yeah. Thank you for always supporting us, man. You guys, you, you guys, guys are, are the, the best. best. No. Hey, no. You're the best. Hey, we're all the best. Hey. <laughs> I love you guys. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to see you. How's that? Is that better? Yes, yes it is. All right. Uh, Hard Luck Show exclusive, right? The podcast that outlasts. We've got right now a gentleman named Chris, Chris. who's identified by Bobby Tribal's son as the man who has the biggest vintage <laughs> collection of tribal gear. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know if that's correct, but it is pretty big, I'd say. How big is it? Um, Around like 400 pieces, including t-shirts, jeans, jackets, hoodies, sweatshirts, belts, towels, whatever, you, <laughs> you name it. What's the one thing, is there anything that sort of is the wildest or the most different thing that um, Tribal has put out? Like did they, did they ever put out like a, I don't know, like a playing card shoe or anything that usually, it would be unusual? Unusual, nothing too out of the ordinary. I can recall like, uh, like what you hold your beer in. What do you call those? A like, cozy. Yep. A tribal beer cozy. Tribal beer cozy. There's, I love that. There's like beach <laughs> towels from the '90s. Yeah. Um, DJ slip mats. Um, there's purses for the ladies. Mm. Flip flops, whatever. You, Whatever you think, they've made it. Man. When did you start like collecting tribal stuff? Um, roughly five years ago, I'd say. So 2017, middle of 2017, I'd say. And what caused you to get inspired to do it? I mean, we know it's dope gear. We know the yeah. artwork's awesome. But how did you first get into it? So growing up in Southern California, I mean, you see tribal everywhere you go. You know, especially living in South San Diego, where I'm from. Yeah. I grew up 10 minutes away from P.O.D. You see P.O.D. music videos, they're wearing all the tribal shirts. Right. So me as a little kid, I'm just like, 
seeing it everywhere I go and it's like damn the gear's just so sick so for me it's kind of like a nostalgic thing in a way right and uh, yeah man it's just the dopest gear the and dopest so gear. and then all of a sudden like at some point you've got like a huge collection how do you store it or do you display it um it's do you do like a road show do you drive around and open it up <laughs> i wish man it's all in my house right now stored away in a bunch of different closets and there's containers some of it's on display i got posters up in my room um some of my like my nicer things are kind of on display but it's mostly just tucked away in little storage containers and are you gonna ever sell that stuff or are you gonna keep it um i do sell some of it if i have doubles triples quadruples of it but even at that some of them i just like can't get rid of man like they're just too they're too cool to let go is there a coveted tribal item that's real rare like in upside down baseball cap like a weird thing what i would say is the first like batch of shirts or button-up shirts or the sweatpants from 1989 yeah that stuff is the hardest stuff to come across like i still don't even have one and that's super rare and then how did you sort of get like um brought into the tribal family because now you're in the booth you know you probably get first dibs on yeah. a lot of stuff how did you get folded into the mix? Um, Bobby and I had communicated on Instagram about um, the whole collection that he has because he's had everything he's ever made. And he was just saying how it's kind of like a pain. It's just in the way. So I came in and helped him organize everything and kind of get it in order. And um, just kind of organically, like, started hanging out with the boys when I'm in the shop and just chopping it up. And then... They're like, oh, you want to learn how to print T-shirts? And I'm like, yeah. And little by little, they're like, oh, can you come in? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, I'll be there in an hour. And just, yeah, organically, just hanging out with them. Do you see this as, like, um, you know, like some people say, like, the secret or manifesting sort of what you visualize? Do you see this being that? Definitely. I definitely do, yeah. Right on. And where do you see in the future, in the vision in terms of where you're going or what what you think the next level in streetwear is going to be the next level in streetwear man i think that it's just going back to its roots right now yeah it's going back to its roots a lot of people are starting to rock baggy jeans again and stussy's really big right now mm -hmm. and if you look back fresh jive is kind of getting back up there mm -hmm. all these notable brands from the 90s are kind of coming back so i think that I guess you could say vintage is the, the the new modern. Do you think Maui and Sons is gonna come back? I'm not sure. What do you think? I'm telling you right now, I will fucking rock a Maui and Sons shirt right now. <laughs> Go ahead. TNC Surf. TNC Surf. It could, man. Like, I feel like Dogtown could have its. It could come back. Every dog town has its day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You hit it right on the money. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thank hey. you so much. Hey, where can no people problem. find you on Instagram? Um, 2002. T-W-0-T-H-0-U-S-A-N-D-2. 2002 spelled out with zeros instead of O's. And you, they can find Chris, who is the master curator of the Tribal Collection, and probably eventually going to be probably a trendsetter, a trend hunter, somebody who's going to be able to define what the next level of clothing, fashion is. And the next thing, are you ever going to buy digital t-shirts? 
definitely not. <laughs> Thank you guys. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank, Thank you very you much. That was you guys awesome. Have a blessed day. You too. This is Old Blue Eyes. What's up, man? What's nice up, brother? Nice to meet We're you, We're the man. Hard Luck uh, Show podcast. Bobby oh, Tribal yeah. invited us down to do some coverage, make some content, whatever. So, of course, yeah. the natural thing is to talk to the man himself. <laughs> Can you describe a little bit, um, sort of behind the scenes, what it was like working with Bobby and putting the show together and getting the set up? I mean, it's something, like, super dope, man. Like, just seeing, like, all the artwork, like, all the artists, like, get together to, like create this amazing show man just like the relationship Bobby has like to like make all this work is like impressive man like getting all these like top-notch artists like all in one place like it's just amazing to see it like all come together man and uh, that's kind of something that uh, Bobby and I talked about in terms of his skill not or his art is that he's really great at bringing people together yeah, making definitely. these connections right yeah and it's interesting because even in the middle of like an interview we were talking to um mr martinez we were going through like his artwork and blah blah and like right in the middle of the interview bobby comes up with other artists and introduces to everybody right then and then to say you know yeah. chewy you gotta meet this guy da, yeah. da, 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 da. how did you meet bobby tribal uh i actually i lived and I, I grew up in mexico so i moved here to escondido actually in 2011, 2010, I met a guy named Zane that has a shop here. Yeah, he, he's also one of the artists. Zane? Yeah, up in there. Yeah, yeah. I that. one of the artists here. Uh, I was looking for a job. I ran into his store, went in there, like asked him if he needed any help, and he introduced me to Bobby. Like he saw my my portfolio. I, I do art, I do graphic design. So he's the one that like I owe a lot to because he's the one that put me like in contact with Bobby and like with other guys. And I hit a Bobby, sent him an email, like he gave me an interview and I started working at Tribal. It's been 11 years now. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Why, story. Are, why are so many people in the Americas, especially like Central and South America, why are they so creative? I don't know, man. But definitely, man, like every time like I go to Mexico and stuff, like it, it's a lot of like art out there. like. People just hustle, you know, it's probably like people don't have it easy so they they look to expand, you know, they expand their creativity, like their resources to the max, man, like just mm. to like get by, I guess, and th that's probably where, where they find they're good at something, you know. And what are some untapped, maybe natural or organic or sort of like art forms or arts that you've seen but have yet to pop or have yet to be tapped by quote unquote mainstream or other artists like do you have you seen some pockets where you're like that's interesting what that group is doing over there yeah i mean it, it's a lot man like even like creating a car like creating like the little ice cream carts in there like that's something like before I, I moved here to the U.S., that's something that, like, wasn't, like, in, like, my surroundings, you know? So just, like, coming here, like, seeing how people, like, could turn, like, a nine screen car, you know, to, like, a piece of art, to, to a piece of art. Like, that, right. that's something impressive to me. Right. And so in bringing all these people together and meeting these artists, was there anybody that you were like, oh, shit, I'm starstruck. That, that actually, that artist yeah. right there is somebody I admire. Yeah, man, a lot of guys, man, like OG Abel, 
Shepard Ferry, of course, Mike Giant, like, since I was, like, super young, like, Mike Giant was one of my favorite artists, and then, like, not too long ago, I started going to, like, art nights that he does at his studio in San Diego, and, like, I was stoked, and I'm like, dude, I can't believe, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like, I was, like, looking up his images on Instagram or on, on the internet, basically, and now, like, I'm right here, like, in his studio, like, at an art night, you know? Mike Giant's one of the, the main ones, you know? And for, like, um, something like Tribal, which, of course, we're here, which is um, uh, a multi-month exhibition, yeah. right? SoCal, Master, SoCal Masters, Street Legacy, Bobby Tribal, Jim Dacian, right? Yeah. All those folks. Is there, is there some sort of sense that uh, you're getting about where somebody who's a, who makes culture or is able to curate culture, you have a sense of where we're going aesthetically in the future? Um, like, what will become more important and less important, do you think? I don't know, man. It's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like everybody that, like, is part of this thing, like, brings something to the table. And I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to, to tell, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you have um, a favorite color? Like, if you're, like... I hate to admit this, but this is my favorite, or do you see them all the same? The favorite what, sorry? Color. Color? Yeah, color. I like black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I love, like, when I, when I paint, when, every, when I do, like, graphics and all that, like, I always start off black, you know, like, I always use black as, like, negative, so I always use black for everything, like, that's where I start at. Yeah. What does black mean to you? What does that mean to you? Um, I don't know. I just feel like you need black for, I don't know, like my artwork, like the type of art I do, like it needs black, you know, like as shading, like as a uh, high contrast. I just feel like I, I need it like in my work. Do you listen to music when you do your art? Yeah. What are you listening to? Mostly like 60s, like garage, really? punk rock. Yeah. Like what? I, I, the Misfits, New York Dolls, like the Sonics, Fustones, like that type of stuff. Right, right. I like every type of music, but I really like enjoy like listening to that, like when I'm working. Yeah, I. You know what's weird is uh, when I have to do the work that I do, and I spend a lot of time at it. I really like a lot of classic rock. Yeah. I don't know what's going on if I'm just old or whatever it is, but I get. I can get sucked into a classic rock loop forever, yeah. Peter Frampton, like all these different things. And I'm like, why am I still listening? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any advice for young artists or people who are out there? What's, what's, what should they be looking to do or any thoughts? Just, I mean, just keep doing your work, man. Like, don't follow, like, trends. Like, just, like, be authentic, you know? Like, sooner or later, like your stuff's gonna like be put out there man like honestly like I would like never imagine like myself like being part of a show like this mm -hmm. so you just gotta like keep trying man That's right it. on well thank you Herman thank you, really man. Appreciate, appreciate it, it man. thank you for your time and of course everybody knows it's no secret tribal streetwear one of the greatest if not the greatest brand of all time is having an Definitely. exhibit multi-month Escondido yeah. 340 North Escondido Boulevard, That's the right. California Center for the Arts, Escondido. And if you get lost or if 
you are confused, go see my man Herman <laughs> over there at the Tribal ge uh, Gear right, Tent, man. right? Yep. Right on. Where, where in Mexico were you from? Aguascalientes. It's like the center of Mexico. Nice. Right in the middle, yeah. Hot water. Yeah. Hot springs. Are there hot springs there? Yeah, that was like what it was famous for, so that's where, where the name came from. All right, well, next trip yeah. we're going to go visit and get yeah, into them hot waters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, so that's it for us on this second episode. Check out more on the next episode as we wrap up the SoCal Style Masters series, uh, Street Legacy. But like we do about this time, adios amigos from the Hard Luck Show. <laughs>